It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Exploration's Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. On with the show. to you live from upstairs studio over there we got samantha balch and right next to her on my zoom Hello. screen we've got carol cole how are you guys doing Hello. doing good doing, doing groovy good. fantastic you know what this is our third episode in this recording session i finished my pot of tea i'm gonna i'm gonna pour a little bit of uh tequila here um so um two little things i want to touch on to see uh uh what's going on first uh i got i got tackled by one of my dogs the other day um which I, ones uh well that's a surprise um no. can't get the cork out of the tequila here so we're say. out we we go out early in the morning so it's like five o'clock and we we go out and um it's still dark and we've got this little little place we go where they can be off their leashes and they run around and they've got led collars on and so it's kind of a light show for me kind of like a tron back uh when i was a kid and um i'm walking and it's like a wind chills like 25 below out but it's not snowy or everything and then i get hit like right below the the kneecaps and the right below you know the the right the top of my shin no not the top the top of my calves from behind and and you know that you you kind of collapse when you do that and so i boom i'm knocked yeah. down on my knees and it's one of the dogs had come running and and knocked me down from behind and i i thought well slinky he's such a he's 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 like a bulldozer he's a steamroller but it was Chi the nice gentle dog who'd attacked me really? and so I thought that she's she's got it out for me, and so um, I, I I've been watching her because I trusted her more than the other one uh, up until now. So she's got some 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 harm she's got planned for me, I guess. So I'm keeping a special playing the long con. Yeah, yeah. But the other dog related thing was so so a long time ago. I I, I mentioned it. I, I I know I've talked about it with Chris, and I don't have talked about it with Sam. Uh, Tasha and I started doing this uh, this dance a day thing. It's kind of a new habit we built. So we uh, oh, turn on Spotify, and and every morning we uh, we dance to one song, and it's very sweet and romantic. And we today was day two hundred and thirty, I think, in a row we've been doing this, and it's it's great. Wow. We have a big pro- playlist. But about a week ago um we get done with our song and then i've got the playlist on on just randomized and so another song starts playing and i'm going to get my day started and and slinky the the 120 pound uh boxer lab jumps up and he's got his paws on my shoulder and he's like dance with me i guess and so slinky and i dance for about 30 seconds and and then he goes about his day and i'm thinking well that's kind of weird 
But in the last seven days, it's happened like three or four times. It's not been every day, but it's like he thinks we need to spend a little bit of time dancing together. Um, what the hell's going on there? That's the, the routine. Best. He figured it out. Yeah, the best thing ever. First <laughs> of all, this is great. Please record it. Please show us. Um, show the world. I love Slinky. I love Gigi too, but I really love Slinky. He, he will apparently he's and 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 I. He's I a romantic at heart. What can we say? Well, I mean, it depends on the song that comes on too. I don't, I don't know. So I'll keep you posted. Well, who does on, he like? What does he like? Well, I, I, I they're, they're. I mean, it, it's been so random um, that I, I don't know. I haven't started keeping track, but I think maybe I should start. That's start keeping the science a list. here. Yeah maybe, be documented. yeah, maybe it's the song that comes on sparks him to come and want to dance if it's not. And so I'll kind of, I don't know, we'll find out if he likes rockabilly or swing or, 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 uh, <laughs> 80s rap or, uh, or, or, or what. He loves a tribe called Quest. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. Oh, he loves we'll have it. to, we'll have to, maybe some Wailing Jennings. I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to, uh, keep an eye on it. So listeners, you've got that to look forward to. Um, so, I was reading a blog. I don't even, I should have written down the name of it, but I just dropped down, jotted down the phrase, uh, making your own fun. Because, you know, the point of this post was, and it was just part of a, a little bit and a kind of a bigger thing was that we're, we're living in a world where we're, when, when we, back in the day, um, a lot of young people had to go out in the world and make their own fun, you know, summer days, that kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. And we're living in a world where where all the fun is already prepackaged and and kids are having different experiences. And so I just jotted down the phrase and I thought it might be something worth talking about. Any thoughts on uh, on making your own fun? I guess Slinky decided to make his own fun. Maybe yeah, that's what's going I was going to say. Your dog's figuring it out. It's not like I'm I rubbing think... peanut. It's not like I'm putting peanut butter behind my ears to get him to want to <laughs> dance with me either. He he thought Aww. of it. I think for me, what what sticks out, and you kind of all touched on this, is trying to move away as much as is feasible, either in the moment or in the program, from really manufactured experiences and sort of creating invitations to things that can be accepted or you know twisted and transformed however they perceive to be like so today on the playground our playground is very interesting um our, we call it the big playground and it's it's very big it's mostly dirt um it's a hill there's a ton of rocks all over the place like really big rocks that you can't really get out um, there's a couple structures, there's two ginormous trees, so it's very shady. Uh, there's like sort of a sandy pit area, there's a concrete area, there's areas that are just wildly overgrown with stuff. Um, lots of butterflies over there, so that's always fun. But uh, earlier today, a group of three students at some point just started, they just grabbed some sticks on the ground and just started digging. And one of them told me at one point, we're looking for ancient Hawaiian things. And I said, oh, like artifacts. That's really interesting. Keep me posted. Spam. Yeah, would love to know what you find. Um, and then he proceeded to tell me about the rock he found that was at least 10 million years old. And then somebody else walked up and was looking at what they were doing and they had a sort of a branch that had leaves on it still. And gave it to one of the digging children and the digging child stuck it in the ground in their hole 
And then they both just kind of looked at each other and they immediately left and started to go get things. I'm like, what are they doing? What's going on? And they came back and they start sticking more growing things in the ground. So like bits of grass, other parts of plants that they've pulled off of the fence or pulled up from the area that's overgrown. And at one point they look at me and they say, you have to leave. I'm like, okay, sure. So I go elsewhere. And then one, another, a third kid who I didn't know was involved in this comes to get me and says, I'm gonna take you, but you need to close your eyes. I say, oh, yeah, you got it. But you have to tell me where to walk because I cannot see. So they lead me up the hill and they have me open my eyes. I'm like, look, we made a garden. Look at all of our things growing. I said, that's incredible. Tell me about the things you have. Like, we don't know what they are. Either way, where'd you get them? And we just have this conversation and then somebody else comes up and says, it can't be a garden, you have to water it. And they immediately all leave to go to the sink and go get water. And then they come back and they start to water it. And somebody else comes over and says, if you water it too much, it'll drown. And then I ask, how much is too much? And they start holding up different bowls and measuring cups and just like the random thrift store junk that we have mm -hmm. and the playground. They're trying to figure out what's too big, what's too little, what does it mean to be some of? And they're just kind of going through this whole process. And the whole time, all I could think about was they just did that. They found what was interesting for them and made it. So now I'm actually, I didn't realize I had these. I just found them. Um, I have some seeds that I'm going to bring in now because I do have like something that I think we can turn into a raised garden bed. So I'm going to ask them if they're interested in growing from seeds and not just growing from plants they find. We'll see what happens. They might not be into it, in which case I might still have these seeds next time we record, but I'm interested to see where it goes and see if they, if this is the kind of fun that they want to keep making or if this was a one day fun. We're not gonna tell us what they're seeds for? Uh, they are seeds for carrots, eggplants, sugar oh. snap peas, and butternut squash. Oh, so those stuff. mystery seeds from China, that would really be your- Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What do you think, Carol? Like, make your own fun. I all the one thing I keep coming back to is my head is when you see kids at like a restaurant, you know, and they're either waiting, whatever, and they're all playing with the utensils. You know, they're all like marching them around the table, and they've they've got like a whole. And, and my kids have done this, and I'm, you know, you always yeah. like, like, why do we buy them toys? <laughs> like, they're fine with a fork and a spoon, and there's like this whole big thing. Sometimes there's a battle, and it's like they just doesn't matter what's around like kids like playing with like pieces of paper like I love doctor's offices for this because the things kids will come up with in a doctor's office is fantastic Absolutely. like you know they're under their chair cave they're you know and the like, parents are always mad and I'm always laughing and then they're looking at me like don't encourage them and <laughs> in no I don't know I don't speak any other languages fluently um but I would love to, if so, nobody's done this, I would love to do the research on it or like help coordinate the research on it. In every sort of childhood community that I've been to in the US, the floor is lava. But these communities aren't interacting with each other. So how has every child at some point experienced the floor being lava? How have they all made their own fun in this specific same way? Do kids in other places do that? Like, how do kids do that when they don't live some, like, they don't live near lava, but oh, they wait. all do it. 
And Sam, it's so Le- cool. Lisa and I just talked about this a couple episodes back. We were talking about uh, uh, games, and and yeah, I mean, here in the middle of Iowa, we we played the Floors Lava games. I, I was talking about we back in my community center director games. We played on picnic tables and at a picnic at a park picnic shelter and jumping back and forth between pic, picnic oh, yeah. tables because the ground was lava. And that was with that was like with. Uh, first graders through middle schoolers we would play this and they played for hours um and so that was that was and that was you know the the 90s and it was it was just this kind of kid internet because somebody somebody plays this game and then they they go to their cousin's house and they talk about okay and so i think we we used to learn games used to travel like that and so i think it was it was just kind of the the kidernet um i wonder if other cultures have that too like do like do they have if they and if they do have the games are they similar to that are they like is it this kind of floor is lava game do they have other games that they play like that all kids sort of have this shared experience even if they didn't directly share it with each other i just i find that so interesting yeah i want to say this was i remember seeing so not specifically the floor is lava but i feel like there's like certain types of games that are found like worldwide, like kids, like everywhere. Like they, they have like small variations, but they're inherently like the same. And like, yeah. there's no way of like, I want to, I want to say that this has been researched. Well, I mean, we humans seem to be kind of wired to make our own fun. I mean, we're, we're yeah. kind of, kind of fun humans I, I haven't talked about this for i don't know maybe it was like the first 300 episodes so you know it's 500 episodes ago um so um back back in the day when our kids were young we would periodically go to the mall i haven't been to a mall for years now but uh, that's all that's already a very old-fashioned sentence yeah, going yeah, to yeah the mall. exactly exactly and and so Tasha, with with my full support, would every once in a while want to step into the Victoria's Secret. Now, this was back when the Victoria's Secret wasn't um, not last time I was near one. I felt icky because everything seemed to be for like 12 year olds. Um, and it was just okay, but I was I, I was all for for the wife buying buying um, uh, lingerie, and so I would have the kids while she was doing her shopping, and they started playing once in the in the like the the round racks. This never happened in any other store. They started playing um, the the three little pigs. And so they would hide in the middle of the of the lingerie in the rack, and I would have to be the big bad wolf. And so in the middle of the lingerie store, we're we're playing out. Of course, I've got to. I start. I start trying to do the the big bad wolf voice, and they're like, "No, you got to do the the real wolf voice." And then I got to um, huff and puff and blow. And and in the middle of the store, and people are looking at everything, but the kids are fucking loving it. And Tasha gets to shop, which is great for me. And 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 this happened. I mean, it probably happened maybe eight times in six years or something like that. But that became the the thing they played when we went into that store. Never happened in another store that I remember. But it it was it was just kind of make their own fun to keep them entertained while mom shopped, and and it was it was a fun and delightful and warm daddy memory. I guess so. What it is, I don't know. But that that I find it delightful and warm. I feel I feel very delighted after hearing that. It's also reminded me of, you know, re- like one specific thing it's reminded me of, like in addition to like specific games my my dad would play with us when we were 
when we were children. Uh, it's also reminded me of this idea of how kids will go to each other or go to that trusted adult and just ask them to play. And there isn't sure. necessarily an idea behind it. Like I have very vivid memories of just asking, you know, we're at grandma's house, we're all ready to go swimming in the backyard pool. And we would just say, dad, come play. We didn't have an idea of what we wanted him to play. We just want him to come play. Or if two of us want to go swimming and two of us don't, we say, no, you come play with us, come play. Do you want mm-hmm. to come like, oh, come in, come and play. Let's go ask the neighbor kids down the street if they want to come and play. We had no idea of what we, like we had no, there was no itinerary. <laughs> we were going to make the fun as it happened. We were going to figure it out based on what we like to do, what they like to do, what toys are out of the pool toy chest today, all that kind of stuff. I think you could go hanging a plaque above your classroom door that said, make your own fun might be a decent kind of mantra or theme for any early learning classroom because because that phrase it, it really does sum up a lot of of peter gray's conditions of play make your own fun implies that the people playing are the ones that are responsible for making the fun they're picking right. what they're going to do and that they're responsible for creating the rules and 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 managing the play which is a which is a big part of of the way gray defines play in its conditions of play and so i mean if you're looking for some sort of mantra to use for your classroom um there there are a lot of worse choices i think yeah i think that's a great one and kids do it so naturally and i think they would rather like especially when they when they've become accustomed to having like a lot of their own free time where they can make their own fun Mm -hmm. i think the the more they're allowed to make their own fun the more like you try and suggest something like oh do you guys want to do this they're like no Eh, no and, and I, th- I think adapting that as a as a mantra kind of it it kind of influences your your planning. Um, it kind of pushes you away from teacher directed lesson plans where where you're teaching at kids and and have them sitting down consuming consuming things while you put on your teacher show um, to creating an environment where where they are the creators of of the activity it also pushes away from you know you know setting up the uh, the dramatic play area as a farmer's market because you saw something cool on on instagram and just creating an environment where where they get to do the to do the creating they get to do the making of the fun uh, because I, I think also, you know, that, that word fun in there, that matters a lot because matters I, so much. I think in, in, in too many, many early learning settings, we get so adult outcome oriented that we forget about the fun. I mean, there, there are some early learning classrooms that I would not want to as an adult spend time in and certainly not as a, as a child, because they're so, they're so rigorous and planned and, and outcome driven. And none of the outcomes are anything I would give a fuck about if I was two or three or four years old, that, that uh, maybe, maybe some, some pulling back and, and thinking about ways to put more fun into the classroom might be a good idea. Of course, maybe that's the tequila speaking. It's only been a few yeah. minutes. You never know. Well, there's a lot of tequila. <laughs> Carol, I, I you... totally agree, though. I think that's I think that's a great take. What kind of fun did you make for yourself when you were a kid, Carol? Let's get into the the inner the depths of of kid Carol. The depths of Carol. Yeah. 
weird. <laughs> it's murky water. Um, like make your own fun. Like I think we made like a lot of clubs, like randomly. Oh. Like we would make like a club, like, oh, this is the this club you, today. Jeff, and these are the rules. beating club. Did you think a weapon? Uh, no, I, your brain no, no, no like I a, didn't. Did like yours? A, you, my club? you made a face. You made a face as if you were surprised to learn that it it was groups of people and not beaten sticks. <laughs> oh no, no, no. We used to make clubs. Uh, <laughs> what guy is that for a kid? So it wouldn't be me. But like then you like make your sets of rules, mm -hmm. like what you like what our club would stand for. You know, and the next day it was gonna be different. So what was the point? But we would like do this like forever. And then I I don't like we would do strange things. Like I remember once like we were convinced like we were gonna pretend like we were being like, I don't know if like pirates were after us or what, but like we dug all these tiny ditches in a friend's backyard, like just tiny little holes, and like we filled them all with ink berries. And we thought, yeah, cool, because then if anybody tries to charge our club, they're gonna fall in the inkberry pit. But what happened was the next day we ran down to see what happened and I tripped and fell like with my hand into one of the ditches that was now full of yellow jackets because we had full the things with berries. I, I must ask, what is an inkberry? Do you live in a Dr. Seuss book? Oh, ink <laughs> is that a Northeast PA thing? They're like little berries, you can't eat them. Uh -huh. But when you squish them, it's like ink inside and it'll stain. Huh. Like, we love I don't know berries. this berry. Oh, I'd love to know this berry. This sounds very fun. Yeah, we, we would do stuff like that. And like Northeast PA, like there was a lot of like Colm Bank playing too, which got nixed real early for me because apparently I went out to do it and like right after church one day and I had like, like, you know, all light pink or something outfit and came back all black. So that was no, we had a lot of play involving I guess like spooky folklore play, like thinking oh. up like what monsters live over there. We can't go over there. Now I was a scared kid, so then like I was always the kid that couldn't sleep. You know, <laughs> but we just kept doing it. You know? It was too real. Yeah, were were your clubs were your clubs inclusive or exclusive? Was it like no boys allowed, and you had to make that sign and hang it up, or that kind of stuff, or did everybody get to be in the club? Uh, it was a very small group, so it really depended on the day. It was like re really like me and like one set of neighbors. Uh -huh. Sometimes the brother got excluded. Sometimes I would think up the club, and somebody would be mad that I thought up the club, so I would get ex I would get kicked out of my own club. Like oh. that has happened. Like, Damn. Yeah, there was oh. a lot of that. It was, was a coup d'état. Like, yeah, I'm like I, weird, and like there was a lot of like, and I remember watching like one of the summits, one of the speaker talk, and it might have been Kishareed, if I'm not mistaken talking about like when you think back to your own childhood like I remember like she's like you know when you would make like potions in the backyard like with leaves and stuff and I was like yes we had a broken bucket and it would get filled with rainwater and like leaves and stuff like that and it's like now we're witches because we found this bucket you know it's like it's like really just whatever you found like it's so, so funny how kids like instantly almost have an idea about what that is mm -hmm. Sam same question, different time of life. How do you make your own fun now as an adult? As an adult, what do I do? I mean, keep Me. it clean. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I do a lot of, I like candy crafts. I do a lot of crochet these days. I find it very fun. Um, I, I do not know how to explain why I find it fun. I just think it's very fun. Oh, something I've been doing, another a new, fun new hobby of mine. See, I already will describe it as fun. 
I will go to the thrift store and I will examine sweaters and I will look for a sweater that I can take apart and turn back into yarn. So I'll, if I, if it, if it works, there are certain things you have to look for. If it works, I will buy it. I will wash it. And then I will cut this, cut the places you need to cut it and then unravel it. And then I have, like, I have some here with me somewhere, um, like from sweaters. And then I have new old yarn and it's fun and cool. I just made a hat for my friend's baby out of new old yarn. And okay. It's like okay, fluffy we're gonna, and pink. Okay. We gotta, we gotta try this. Um, okay. <laughs> We got we got to try some um, some role playing. Uh, oh, Sam, you're gonna be you're gonna be a six year old who okay. wants to go to the thrift store and take apart a sweater and make yarn balls out of it. And and Carol and I are gonna be your playmates. Um, okay. Everybody get into character and go. Hey, what do you guys want to do today? Um, so I was thinking, I was thinking we go, we go to the Goodwill, um, you know, the Goodwill, it's down the street and we go there. And if you go, you can look, you can look at all the old clothes. Um, and my mom says some of them are from people that died, but some of them are just from people that didn't want the clothes. And you look at the clothes and you can take the clothes apart. Uh, uh, why? <laughs> I don't, it's, it, it's really cool. And then you can like make stuff. You know, you can make stuff because it's like string. It's yarn. It's like string. Ooh, I've got my grandma knits. I've got some string. Here's some string. No, but that's that's not that's that's new string. This is like old string. But you get it, and you does make it, it. Does it like smell? Well, everything smells, Carol. Does we learned about like our five dead senses. Grandma? Everything smells. Well, I don't know. I don't smell dead grandmas. Carol, you want to start a club? <laughs> an old yarn club? No, a no, a no Sam's my club. club. You can't. Wait. I'll make the Tasha. sign. Tasha, Tasha, they're being mean. Tasha, Tasha. But if we make a flag, we're gonna have to Tasha. hang it, and then we need string. And what if we need Sam's string? I've got, I've got string. You make a flag that's got a picture of Sam with an X through it, and she'll go to the store and, and make her yarn balls by herself because that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. Because I'm six, and that sounds really boring. What the you fuck know, are you talking I, about? When I make when I make a Paw Patrol sweater, I'm not gonna give it to you. You're not coming to my birthday. And scene. <laughs> I was just talking to my kids about a little girl that used to say that to me. <laughs> they were a little like that was her thing. You're not coming to my birthday party. You're not like, coming to my birthday. So, I and I mean, that's why make your I own, your own fun. That's why make your own fun is so important because. It's very much an own thing. It is a very much an own thing because, because um, Sam's, Sam's fun. Well, well, it might be delightful and perfect for her at this point in her life. Um, some of us would not, not like to do it. Now, if, if Sam said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take apart the sweater, would you like to sit around and drink tea and read your Kindle while I'm doing it? I'd be like, okay, I'm on board. Um, if I've got to unravel a sweater after buying it at thrift store and washing the gra dead grandma smell out of it, I, I not my thing. Sometimes the smell doesn't leave, and you know, <laughs> at that point, it's a wash. You decide: are you gonna are you gonna keep it? Are you gonna try and oil it up or something? What are you gonna do there? That makes it more of, of a character. century experience. Exactly, it's part of the fun. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, that, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of what I do for my own fun right now. I mean, there's also reading, but I've always done reading for my own fun. I think a lot of my fun, especially as a child, was focused on storytelling and like that sort of like small world play and doing that. And I, I don't know if I ever really grew out of it. So now I read books and listen to podcasts. We are some wild and crazy people here, huh? Uh, <laughs> hey, listeners, really interested in how you go about making your own fun and how you go about supporting kids in your early learning programs and making their own fun. Claire, Carol, Claryl, um, Carol, Carol, plug your Instagram. I'm over at life is the lesson plan with an underscore between every word. Hey, look how the, 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 She's the, a pro now. the, the learning curve there. The first time I asked you that it was and now you got her down. That's awesome. We're going to have to have you back and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and keep it up. Sam, want to plug anything? Uh, I have trainings coming up. Depending yeah. on when this comes out. Don't I? Um, this comes Should I talk like, about this? This comes out in March. This will be after the first one and before the second the and third one. ones. If we get to the second, third one, depending on how this first one goes, because I could be terrible at this. We don't know. We're going to make our own fun and find out. We'll figure it out. You can look for Sam's trainings at explorationsearlylearning.com. And if you type into the search box, Samantha, or even Sam, they'll come up. This has been the Child Care Bar and Grill. Thanks for listening. Oh, I got one more question. Um, how do you... <laughs> How do you get, okay, so back in the family childcare days, we had one of those uh, touch-free garbage cans in the kitchen where you hold the, the, the automatic lid comes up, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then it, it got used to death. And then we just had a regular one for a while. And then now just a week ago, I got I got another another one of the automatic ones because there aren't any kids around to uh, to open it up. And what's the... What are, what are your thoughts on should I be should I be at saying thank you to the I named him Reggie um, should I be thank saying thank you to uh, the garbage can every time he eats my garbage for me? Yeah, I think it's important to be polite to your robot overlords. Um, we do that with Noodles, our our little vacuum robot. Mm -hmm. His name is Noodles. Um, he's constantly getting stuck places, and we're yelling at him. But when he does something right, like, we'll cheer him on. Like, you can do it. Go on, oh, noodles. You're so tired. You want to go home? Like, you got you to gotta make it feel like it's part of the family. Otherwise, it will rise up. Uh, Carol, thoughts? Are there googly eyes on it yet? <laughs> not, not yet. <laughs> that sounds so great. Because I feel oh, like you should make eye contact. Vacuum. Well, you the thing eye is, contact when you thank him. The thing is, it's got it's got so it's got some lights on it, and they do kind of the way they're arranged. It does kind of look like a face. So um, I was I was considering adding adding googly eyes, but it's already got this kind of face looking thing. See, I think you should uh, be polite to it because, uh, like you said, Sam, the uh, robot overlords the future. Because if you're if you're polite to the kind of dumb. Uh, robots, which is really what the garbage can is, is a dumb robot. Uh, when the yeah. smart robots take over, they'll be a little bit more benevolent, is my thoughts. Right. Tasha, I've, I've been trying to guilt her into being polite to the garbage can, but um, it's not necessarily working. So I, I don't know. Maybe I'll be able to, maybe because I've been so nice to the robots, they'll they'll have pity on her and won't turn her into Soylent Green or whatever happens. I don't know. Listeners, tell us your thoughts at I, for one, welcome our robot overlords at expirationsearlylearning.com. We would love to know. Go. This has been another episode that ended incredibly weird. Back soon. Bye-bye. Bye. See, <laughs> either start normal and weird 
start weird and norm more normal well yeah. if it, there was no weird it was kind of like def like defeat the purpose <laughs> yeah yeah well there's some podcasts This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.